Welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by the producer with the wacky hats, Mr. James Key. Hello. Dude, I'm not even wearing a wacky hat. This is a normal-ass hat. It's a normal-ass hat that you're wearing a wacky way. It's just slightly sideways. This is Ness from Earthbound. Oh no! Hang on! No, no, no! Hang on! It's because I look like a moron with it completely forward. Do you want to see? Um, sure. But for audio listeners, which is all of you, um, basically what I'm describing is he looks like Fernando Rodney closing a game with the hat barely on his head out to the side, like the top left. It's kind of like facing a northwest kind of angle. But look at it now. It looks fine. No, no, he no, he looks like he doesn't know how to dress himself. Right. Well, put it backwards. No, not not that's that's not backwards. Put it backwards. Well, backwards. Hang on. That's that good. looks that looks better. But that's how I wear my flat brims. Yeah. So that's the problem with hats. Now that's also the voice of the tattooed one, Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. <laughs> I was wondering what like Tatty I was gonna get. Taddy Key well, was already taken by Jim Taddy. Yeah, and he's a legend. You can't fuck with Jim Taddy. That's true. Yes, guy, no guy. <laughs> but yes, that's the problem with hats, where some of them are flat-brimmed. Now, especially we're talking like Major League Baseball hats, there's the ones you want that are like the on-field ones, the official ones, and those are hit or miss sometimes. Like You get the high, the high crown on it or the low crown, and those the brim is really weird, flat. Right? And even though like you know your size, you get your size, but like you aren't that size like your head your hair grows and like you really like when it comes to mlb hats you have to try them on they're like pants mlb hats are like pants sizing is never consistent and you really have to try them on to know if you're comfortable in them or not don't you hate pants (laughs) well (laughs) who doesn't um well yeah yeah, these these hats are not one size fits all Um, no so i'm in lids and i'm i'm like I'm like a 20-year-old girl in Aritzia. I'm like, let me try it all on. That's what <laughs> happens. How often do you buy a hat at Lids? Um, that's Actually, probably where I buy like most of my hats because they they carry like the uh, our RVCA. I had to remember our old acronym for that just to make sure I had it right. Um, then and they carry this is a Brixton hat. Um. So like I like like the fashion skate style hats. Funny enough, the skate shops don't always have the best selection for those kind of hats. I actually really like some of the the MLB ones they have now. Like they have a retro Diamondbacks one that's purple. It's only thirty bucks. I want. I think I might grab it. It's really cool. Um, and then they have some of the Jays uh, black ones, which I like. They have like the different variants. So there's like it's all black with like a all white Jays logo. Uh, all like a black and white Jays logo with like a red leaf, a blue maple leaf. So they have different variants, which are kind of cool. You're you're probably I can tell you're probably out on any variant of a Jays hat. You're just like give me the give me the blue, and that's it. Yeah. So I currently the hats in my rotation that I wear of Blue Jays are just whatever is on field hats. So I have the blue with the white backing, the all blue hat, the double blue like new blue thing and when i went to cooperstown i found an old black angry j logo that i haven't been able to find anywhere the uh, old what i call the roy halliday logo i had one of those 
I have the jersey. Yeah, I have the jersey too. Maybe I should put Halliday just, back. You should. You should. You definitely should do that. Um, it's just old enough now. It's almost twenty years ago. Like when that logo was changed. Like yeah. it's it's ugly and cool at the same time. It is. That's exactly it. Like it's underrated for being kind of fashion forward, but like it also didn't quite fit the team. Like if there was another be, team, yeah, it would I wouldn't be opposed if they brought it back for like a retro night and it was like that jersey for Dude, one night or something. If that's retro night, I need I like my I should have a. a Vested interest in Robaxa set for how old I'll I will say this though if they did do it for a retro night, you don't do it with the gray pants they used to go all black, black pants, the black jersey on the, the hottest day of the season, too. Yeah, well, the Blue Jays are due finally, they are the last group for of teams city jersey? to get a city jersey this season. Um, I am hoping it's going to be that old logo, but just change it up a bit, like. It can be a black jersey, but give me the current blue in the Jays, Jays that comes across. I don't know. There's definitely ways you can mess with it to be. It's gonna be gold. It yeah. Unfortunately, it probably just will be gold. It will. I okay. One of two things is gonna happen. Like it's gonna be a black and gold Drake thing, or they're gonna be like, oh, the entire league got city jerseys. Well, we don't have a city. We have a country, and we're gonna do a red jersey, and it's gonna be a fucking. Just the Canada Day one. Yeah, it's so, going to be the same Canada one they always wear. So. Speaking of OVO, though, did you see the OVO Original 6 collection that he's doing for the NHL? No. Uh, I feel yeah. like I might have. All right, I'm going to bring it up for you guys. I'll look it up. OVO. Talk about it. So Drake, yeah. Drake is quite topical, actually. Uh, before we get into this... Um, on this episode of 43.6, we're going to talk about the Toronto Raptors season opener that is happening tonight. The performance of jo- joseph wall that happened last night while we are recording so our thoughts may not be perfectly up to date on what's going on with joseph wall frozen frenzy is also going on tonight as of recording that's worth the conversation pride tape is back among other things in the and the uh nhl i muffled that one because the next thing on my list is nfl week seven recap and nfl week eight picks all of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. Today is the 24th of October, which is a special day in the history of Canada because it is Drake's birthday. And Maddie, you have a line of clothing that Drake is collaborating with the NHL with. Yeah, so it's, uh, I guess it's like the OVO original six collection. I just saw it on Instagram today and looking at it, like some of them are pretty cool. Like it had Chris Chelios modeling some of the stuff he was doing, obviously the Red Wings stuff. Uh, Ty was doing the Rangers gear. Um, Max was doing the Leafs gear to start it off. But it's like a collection of like hoodies and varsity jackets. And not going to lie, I've been thinking about buying a varsity jacket. This might be one of the ones I get. Oof. So I'm looking at the pictures of it now. Um, and if you want to follow along, I just typed in OVO NHL. And this is the first thing that came up. Yeah, the jacket that don't Ty Domi is wearing. It's funny that we have to like specify which Domi now. Uh, the jacket that Ty Domi is wearing. Is that the varsity jacket you're talking about? Because that one has a Rangers logo on it. Yeah. So but each team has like. Oh, I see. OK. Yeah. Like the, the Leafs one is pretty cool. Um, I like it. It's got. The, you know, Drake's owl on the one side, the leaf one on the other side. Um, but no, like it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't mind it mostly because sure. Some of the stuff may not be for me, but 
it, this is more what the NHL needs, more mainstream stars doing stuff for the league, right? The NBA has it obviously with Drake. NFL gets it just because the NFL is an absolute fucking machine. But the NHL really needs that primetime star engagement that it, it hasn't gotten. And you know what? Regardless of how this may look or how it turned out or what you think, the dude is a, a needle pusher. The dude knows how to make shit happen and, and get more attention. So the fact that it just helps a little bit for a league that's starving for um, personalities and, you know, s- proper celebrity looks, not like these like C people they bring out on stage for like the NHL awards. So, yeah, I just think it's it, it's a positive thing for sure. It's expensive as fuck. I would say I can't but- wait to pay $600 for this hoodie. The varsity jacket that I'm looking at, it looks like it's going to retail for about 500 bucks. I wasn't joking then. It's going to be 600 after tax. It's, you know, that, which means the hoodie is probably 250 to 300. Uh, yeah, it'll probably be about 150 for sure. I don't know. But like beyond that, though, varsity jacket, do you think it's something I could pull off? No. Fuck you. So here's the thing. <laughs> And I I attend a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs games. I attend a lot of Raptors games. Not because I'm rich and I have tickets, but because I I work a part-time job there. Because (laughs) he gives handies for tickets in the parking lot. (laughs) And so I see all the people. And I kind of like put people in buckets, you know? Like the people that are there, like what type of person are you? If you're up in the 300 levels, right? Like you are, okay, you're probably a traditional Leafs fan. You're probably like someone who isn't rich as fuck and you're just able to go to the game and like this is the one game you're able to go to uh most of the time when you see families which is rare because it's so expensive to bring a family to a leafs game more often than not if you see families they're up in the 300s then on the lower level you have the executives we'll say as the washington Capitals score at the beginning of this fucking game um the executives are in the lower level they're wearing their suits and then there's the people who are lower level, but not like in the platinums. They're just above the lower level people. Like in the reds and the golds. Yeah. And those are the varsity jacket people. And they're typically uh, much older than normal. So you have the younger crowd up in up top wearing Leafs sweaters. Then the lower bowl in the higher portion of the lower bowl, the red seats. Those are your older men varsity jacket guys. They're usually there with either someone who could be their daughter or sugar baby. It's sometimes I play that game too of like you see an old dude walking around with a young girl. You're like, hmm, daughter or sugar baby. Like it's 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 a fun game to play in your head. <laughs> and then below that, below the varsity jacket guys and the platinums are the guys wearing the three piece suits. I feel like the reds is like where you take a like that's it. Like I'm going to impress her level. Mm. Right. Like I'm splurging, but it's not platinum. Like it's not what I can't afford. It's more expensive than the three hundreds. We might get on camera. Like, that's kind of like, that's what I find. The red is date night. The reds is date night to me. Yeah. That's like you're trying to show off a little bit. Yeah. I know. I've taken Jimmy. I've taken Jimmy to a couple games at red seats and yeah. Date night. Brother date night. Yeah. Actually, actually get them. We get them through a buddy of ours who are well, buddy, my dad's who, uh, who gets them through various different ways. But we sat, we sat center ice. Uh, at like second row reds once it was great yeah it was sick and the one thing is is and i always say this and i know i've said this before and i'll say it again 
I love sitting with people, whether it's like at a bar or like when you have a couple buddies and you're watching the game and shit like that. And they're like, it kind of looks slow. Like, you know, and guys who maybe have played somewhere before, they're like, you know, a little bit more work. I could have made it. No, you can't. Like when you see an NHL game live, you realize how fast, how you have big. To be closer though. Even at the 300s, you don't get the speed. No, like if you're down there like two rows up, just like it looks like on TV, these guys have two, three seconds with the puck. They don't. It's one and a half seconds. Puck's gone. Yeah, but it's it's wild. But yeah, yeah, the OVO stuff. I mean, you're right. Like the it's kind of the whole conversation around Connor Bedard right now, where there there was like a little bit of criticism that he's being interviewed too much or whatever. But like at the end of the day, dude, in every other sport, the top guy does the rounds. Like mm-hmm. they're put through the ringer. Look at you know, any other sport where you're a top prospect minus baseball, where you, you don't see the light of day for 20 years, but in NFL, Trevor Lawrence puts like interviewed all the time, right? Basketball, you know, um, who's, who's one of the, like Victor women, like the guy's going to go through so much media. Um, that's just how it goes. Right. And this is why, these leagues are able to create these stars is because from inception they cultivate their personality and put them on a pedestal and the nhl doesn't do this they they have this very like protective frame around everybody it's like no 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 can't no 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 and it's very weird i don't know why they do it um but yeah i mean hopefully this helps bridge that gap a bit and, you know, with the stuff they're they're doing with Bedard, because it seems like the NHL got the memo somewhere. Because this kid's doing, like, mid-game interviews <laughs> already, um, which is crazy. Luckily, he doesn't play for the Islanders. Yeah. Or, I mean, it could have been worse. He could have played for the Coyotes, too, who are... Um, no, I mean, like, playing. I mean, like, Lou would never have let him talk. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, no goal. Nice. Interference. Wonderful. But uh, also considering today is Drake's birthday, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but because it's Drake's birthday, um, you could get a free chicken sandwich at Dave's Hot Chicken today. What? I love Dave's Hot Chicken. I go full spice. Now, to be fair, it said slider, but I don't know if there's a difference. I've never been to Dave's Hot Chicken. I don't know what their menu consists of. For my understanding, it's just a couple of... Does he like Dave's Hot Chicken? No, it's 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 like a Nashville uh, chain of chicken places that he brought here. Oh, oh. okay. Okay. It's sure. very good. So, yeah, from my understanding, it's like a couple small chicken tenders put onto a bun, and they put like coleslaw and pickles and hot sauce, and off you go. Uh, it looks good. Um, so but uh, there's one not too far from my office, so I walk down there at lunch. And, boys? The lineup? Toronto loves the lineup. The, youth, the youths were out in full force. No, there was... Youths. The Utes Utes were out in full force, and it was backpacks as far as the eye could see. But, like, fucking why? Okay, like, here's the thing. How much is that? The slider is probably $4, right? Like, real talk? It's cool. You go home and say, hey, guys, I, I waited in line for two and a half hours, and I got the free Drake slider. Where is it? Well, I'm going to shit it out in three hours. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're not making it three hours. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you, you did all that to say you, you had chicken on Drake's birthday. Like, when you reduce it, when you take away all the stuff, that's what you did. You waited in line to have a chicken sandwich 
on to save four dollars on a chicken sandwich on Drake's birthday. So when I saw the line, I immediately just turned around and walked back to the office. And I thought to myself, well, it's, I mean, there's kids in school and it's lunchtime. So I imagine, you know, a bunch of them at lunchtime said, we'll walk over to Dave's Hot Chicken. So I said, I'm not doing much today. I I have an opening in my calendar around two o'clock. Like kids should be back in school by then. So I'll just go go for, I'll go for a walk at two o'clock. Dude, these kids skip school for shit. Dude, it felt like they had been given a day off. Like it was a national holiday in Canada (laughs) that... All the kids were off school because it's Drake's birthday. And I tell you what, man, when I went back at two o'clock PM, the line was even fucking longer. Have you ever seen it was Willy Wonka? Have you ever seen the original Willy Wonka movie with Gene Wilder? No. Yeah, the reference is lost then. Okay. There's I a have... scene in the movie where like the teachers in the classrooms all find out that Willy Wonka's putting golden tickets in the chocolate oh, yeah. bars. And like the students and the teachers are all like, fucking let's go. And they all just like bail. And I kind of have the same vision of, you know, oh, it's Drake's birthday, free Dave's hot chicken. The students leave and the teachers are like, fuck it. And they just throw their papers in the air and they're in line with the students. So I don't know if it was like that wherever you folks are, Dave's hot chicken, whether it was as lined up as the one by my office, but I definitely did not get a free sandwich and I'm okay with that. So that one by your office, if it's the young and egg, um area davisville um so they make you sign a waiver if you get like the hottest level of their chicken fuck maybe that's what's taking so goddamn long like i don't understand if you're giving away a free sandwich why does it take so long to just like here's one here's one here's one like what are we doing here like why is this like we didn't anticipate this kind of traffic dude it could be you can attach drake's name to anything and there's going to be traffic like that's like maddie said that's how it is the guy knows how to like the guy, he doesn't even have to know how to do hype. He is hype now. Like that's mm-hmm. just what it is, right? So you know, like, well, I would have started cooking last night, like, eight p.m. yesterday. Yeah. You know, or just I mean? like it's it's constant saying, you know what, we're not doing regular sales today. Screw yeah. it, we're just doing. Keep fucking... him on the heat lamp, you know. Yeah. It was oh, actually sure. a pretty eventful day. So I have a few other things for you guys, and it'll probably like. Uh, skip the whole what have you doing the past week because I think uh, Maddie and I had the same week so we can we can touch on that in a second but the other thing that happened today and I want to get your opinion on this as I'm pulling into work uh, the office building that I work in the company that I work for is not the only company that works out of this office building there's other companies that use this office building and uh, this one of the other companies that works out of this office building is on strike So these picketers were blocking the entrance to the parking garage. Just not letting people in just because they're on strike and they want to hand out a pamphlet and talk about, you know, how much, how, how they want more money and shit. Kramer scab scab. And and I'm just, (laughs) I'm like, cool, man. Um, all right. (laughs) I like maybe it's because I've never worked in a union environment before. I don't know if you guys have, but it reminds me of like a while ago, there was that garbage strike and all yeah. those fucking guys in the garbage city in the, their garbage trucks or whatever. They were like just driving super slow on the highway and blocking the entire highway for hours on end. It's like, why, what, what is this accomplishing exactly? Like it doesn't get me to support you. <laughs> no, if anything. I'm like, fuck, it, the opposite. fuck your union. Yeah. 
it makes me say like i hope your employer fucks you guys and fires all yeah. of you i hope you get bargains and shit. i hope yeah. you get less right <laughs> like hope you guys end up with less um no my dad was part of a union because he worked for the government and it's i mean it's important to them in the sense that like um you pay your dues like you pay a portion of your pay to go towards union dues so that when the time comes there is uh, a strength of, of bargaining so i understand it from that perspective especially in industries where i guess like there's a necessity so it's hard to take like you can get taken advantage of real easy right because there's a necessity for that service so i guess in a way like actually maybe you're the one with the advantage and maybe that's why it's like that because because it is a necessity right you'd be like well fuck it i'm leaving and then like well who's gonna pick up the garbage nobody right and it just sits there it piles up remember stank it did oh i remember it was piled up in the parking lot of ted reeve arena yeah gross <laughs> people were throwing their bags they, everywhere probably and there was that people throwing bags in their neighbor's lawn <laughs> like over the fence there was that Ring of Honor show at Ted Reeve Arena during the garbage strike. And I remember, I remember Colt that. Cabana coming to the ring with a <laughs> bag of garbage and used it as a weapon like this. Yeah. This, this guy is gets what it, it is now. Yeah, this is life now. Yep. But yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's hard, right? Like it depends on the cause. And the thing is, you'll never know what, like, remember when Metro was on strike? I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, Metro? that was at the same, like, almost the same uh, corner of where I work. Like, right. Metro was out there with yeah. tickets and like... I, I haven't right. gotten Metro since because I'm like, fuck you guys, man. But at the same time, like, we don't know the circumstances in terms right. of benefits and pay and increases. Like, these people don't like, get... There's an acceptable limit. There's an acceptable limit and reasons to strike. And, you know, we can just hear anything through the media which is that usually people who will shit on the other side to make their side look better regardless so like we only really understand maybe 15 percent of this shit but like yeah and then there's the, then there's the teachers right where it feels like fuck every nine months there's another teacher strike and i'm like all right or threat whatever of yeah cool. and again like, i don't i don't i'm not close enough or i don't infinitely know what they ask for what the bargaining is like but i mean can't be as bad as pro sports bargaining <laughs> yeah talk to a bunch of the toronto raptors right now of uh looking for a new contract and they will uh probably tell you something similar it was today was a day where i was thinking to myself man it would be cool if we had like a non-sports podcast because there's so much going on like the, the strike thing and the uh drake's birthday thing and not to mention the Israel Palestine thing, which is a whole other fucking thing. Uh, we're not going to get we're not going to get into that one. No, but never. <laughs> I'm not touching um, that. Not even touching that one. But um, the other one that I thought was hilarious, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but like there was a news, there's a couple of news stories today that made me fucking laugh. Like the uh, you seen the Toronto Joker guy, right? No. So there's this Canadian wide uh, war, warrants the right word, Canadian wide search for this man who's like wanted for something whatever the fuck it is right? this is the tattoo and face guy yeah the, the dude who has tattoos all over his face yeah and he had an instagram account or an instagram account he had a tiktok account that he created like in the past couple days called toronto joker and he was like walking around town like filming himself in front of a police station or in front of a police car and like come and get me and like just they still haven't caught this fucking guy i'm like good for you toronto joker good for you you have a, at least a, a good did he like, not murder somebody? About all this. 
I don't know what his crimes were. I don't think he did because it sounded like people. He, Dustin's like, good for you. <laughs> I mean, from what I understand, he was like in prison for a couple years and he got released and then he like did some vandalism or some shit. I don't know exactly what the charges are alleged to be, but I don't think he killed anybody, but I could be wrong. I'm, oh, uh, but speak, speaking of killing somebody, this is the other story that made me laugh. Uh, not the fact that the guy was dead, but there was a guy who went missing in like 2018 and they found the remains of his body today, which is sad, obviously. But the remains were found in the, his backyard. Like, he was buried there. And then at the bottom of the article, it said something like, the police currently don't have any suspects. Like, what about the motherfuckers who live in the house with him? Like, somebody <laughs> buried that motherfucker, right? Like, somebody... Unless he lived by himself. Like, if he was living in that house by himself, then, but, okay, fine. Yeah. Maybe there's no suspects. But I feel or like there's suspects. Or if he's been in the backyard of his own home. Look at this guy's pizza delivery history or something. Like, come on. Right? Like, yeah. What do you mean you have no suspects? Shut up. Yeah, that's that was just a strange one to me. Um, okay, so very quickly, um, wait, this quick, past I, week. Wait, one second. Quickly. Go on. Yeah. Um, in terms of funny, like, TikTok and Instagram stuff, I don't know if I sent you the video, but I sent it to my brother, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. This video I saw this week of this guy, these guys are cutting down this tree. Oh, and there's yeah. a raccoon living in the tree. And as the tree falls, this raccoon gets yeeted out of the tree. And it's fucking yeah. hilarious. Like shit whipped right out of this thing. <laughs> he does like three cartwheels midair out of this tree. <laughs> and right then there's, there. a, there's another video floating around TikTok of like that girl going down the slide with her child. Oh, the baby. Her, and the baby just smashes its Bang. face on <laughs> every bump of the slide. Like, how did she, how do you think that's a good idea? I, but I even like, like midway down, like the first time you hear your baby skull, fucking Julio thump. Rodriguez off this <laughs> fucking slide. Thump. Like, how? The funny thing is, and like the video was cut off, so you didn't see the kid cry. But like when you see the kid look at their mother, disgust and like, what did you just do to me? Why did like, you it just aged him by 30 years? <laughs> Knocked him into the... <laughs> 2040s yeah knocked into adulthood right (laughs) one of my my favorite comments was uh you know sometimes when you go somewhere and like you had a great experience they'll say oh core memory unlocked this the comment was like core memory deleted (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny oh man Uh, yeah that's a good video i mean not good for the kid but good for our our entertainment for us yeah that's why we have a skull a justification for child services that's for sure and you know what's yeah, funny like uh, baby's heads are soft at that time too eh so that kid probably had a dent for at least two and a half weeks well yeah probably but if the saw movie franchise taught us anything is that you can rebuild brain tissue without any problem so no problem. it's not a big deal no no problem at all um normally we would talk about what's going on in our week but uh i think maddie and i had the same week whereas we both Jim got spider-man so have you been playing james yeah <laughs> But the problem oh, is okay. my kid think... my kid likes it. So I can't play without my kid. Right? So, so I, she loves the story. Yeah. She pays attention to it. She likes swinging around. So I don't want to play by yeah. myself and advance. And then someone was like, well, just start another game. I'm like, I don't want to play this game twice. If you're unaware, Spider-Man 2 was released on Friday. We talked about it last week on the show. Of how we expected we were going to spend a lot of time playing this game. And Super Mario Wonder came out uh the Very same good. day and uh you had a chance to play that too yeah her and i are playing that too we, there's a lot of great options in it for playing multiplayer and playing with kids it's just a lot of fun it's really cool the art is fantastic the audio is amazing the 
Like, there's just new facial features for Mario when he does certain things. It's really cool. I like it. Yeah, that was something that I thought was pretty cool when they talked about the release of that game is that I think it's Yoshi and I don't know if it's... There's another character Nabbit. that you use. Nabbit, where you take no damage no from NPCs. So, But then, like, there's a shop in every level where you can use these alternative coins that you collect um, to buy things. And you can buy packs of five lives for like 20 of these coins and you leave a level with like 60 70 coins so i have like 40 lives so that my kid can you know die as much as they want in this game and it's no big deal there's no consequence yeah i was playing super mario 3d world whatever the most recent one was with my niece who's like not even four years old and to her the funniest thing in the world was just jumping off the side of the world and dying Mm -hmm. and yeah my lives went real quick so, yeah. so this being able to replenish them game. quickly. Yeah. However, the other game released that same day was Spider-Man 2. And oh boy, uh, that has consumed most of us. James only partly as the Maple Leaf score. It is now one nothing Maple Leafs. It's, there's something so special about this game. Just swinging now, through the city even. It just feels so great to... And then, that's no different than the previous game. Like, obviously, you could swing in the previous games, too. But the addition of the web wings where you're able to glide now as well is so cool. Like, oh, yeah. just changing between uh, your your swinging and your gliding and what your about the diving. Water and, yeah, the and you can water ski, too. But I usually try not to. But it's still cool. Like, I saw someone put together a compilation of, like, all the different traversal effects and things you can do in like one two minute video and it just looks so cool and it's an accomplishment honestly of what those guys did and guys and girls i should say of creating this game it's incredible and a couple other cool things that no one's really talking about is like how um inclusive it is yeah now i know now i know there was like a uh, snafu, we'll say, of like putting the Cuban flag instead of the Puerto Rican flag yeah. in certain sections of the game, which I feel like is just like a texture naming convention that they're like, oops, I put in the wrong flag. And people are making a big deal about it. I'm sure it'll be patched out in a matter of yeah. hours, they honestly. They're, they're doing it. Yeah. But the fact that there's a deaf character and yep. there's like you play as a deaf character at points in this game. Like I, there I, are. It's funny you say that because like I. I Pointed that part out to my wife. You're talking about the spray paint section, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? Not a lot of games. It's not just that you play the character. It's the sound is heavily, heavily, for lack of a better term, deafened and like slightly muffled. Like that's all you can hear. And the fact that they did that in the game where they could have just been like, you play the character, but like everything else around you is kind of normal. Like there's the little emojis that pop above people's heads, which is you know she would react to and things like that or that she would interpret like it's just it was almost like no detail was left unturned for that part yeah and like it's not just that but there's there's characters who are blind yeah like there's characters who are homosexual and there's characters that are missing limbs and there's like it's just it grabs from everything and it's it reminds me of South Park in a way, which is which is weird. But w- uh, walk with me on this one. I remember listening to like an interview with Matt and Trey, the creators of South Park, and they were saying like they would get awards for their inclusion 
because they had characters like Timmy and Jimmy. And now look, Timmy and Jimmy are hilarious and we're laughing, but they, the reasons why they won these awards, because they said the, they were told like you created these boys in this show and no one ever makes fun of Timmy and Jimmy because of their disability. They make fun of them like because they're other boys. Like they're just boys being boys and they make fun and of each other. And they do dumb shit. The same... It has nothing to do with Yeah, it. like. Right. Yeah. It has nothing the to do with the disability. It's everything... tied to their ability. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the kind of the idea where I'm getting at is like it's inclusive, but it's also doing it in a way that everyone is. It, it's just, it's the way it should be. Like there are people in your world and like they are in, invited into the world. So, anyways. Um, I'm really enjoying it. If you have to give it a score out of 10, Maddie, James, what would you say? I would give it so far. And here, I'm going to preface this with this too. So kind of like what you touched on, like the original, but this one is something different. I think what makes this one different is this, is the storyline where um, it is arguably one of the most favored kind of pulled storylines in spider-man universe with being you know black suit spider-man and the introduction of venom and things like that you know um like it's you know if you tell if you pull any comic book fan spider-man fan or whatever like that's gonna be in everyone's top two for sure so i would give this probably like a 4.5 out of 5 because i haven't finished it yet obviously the only (laughs) what so a nine out of 10, but okay. Yeah. But what the reason why also too, one, I haven't finished it. So it has to stick the landing for the story right. at the ending. And two, I appreciate the amount of things that you have to do, but it seems kind of repetitive for some of the things you have to do. Right. Like the photo ops is cool because it's different, but then you have, you know, the hunter bases, which is cool, but it was the same thing as the, you know, demon bases in the first one. It seems like they just reskin that on top. Right. So I just think they were like, we have this giant thing. We can do this. Let's just throw a bunch of collection content in there. And, you know, some of them I think are great. Like I said, the photo ops, the spider bots is really cool. But then you start getting into later on with the bird ones and shit like that. I'm like, guys, like you're just throwing another collectible at us because you can. You know, I think the quality of them would have been better served over the quantity of them. I think I know you're talking about the bird thing being like that, like the glide birds. Yeah. You have to do. yeah that's my least favorite part of the game for sure right and so i think i feel like they were like hey we got this wingsuit mechanic throw a collectible in there we need yep. to do a time trials throw a collectible into it we need to do um like a hunting secret like find something in a really obscure spot fucking throw a collectible into it like it just seemed almost too much um but i will say the fact that um a couple of them are standouts like the flame storyline is really cool um and shit like that like i do appreciate it but i think they could have reduced the collectibles by one or two james you're nowhere near as far along in the game as we are but do you have any initial thoughts of where you think this game's gonna land for you uh probably like an eight i have some like issues with um just the world like i feel like you know i've done this thing where just like the world just is i guess generated like it's not it doesn't feel always like living and breathing it feels kind of like randomly generated at times, which is kind of annoying. And I, I you could say, well, that's kind of a nitpick, but Grand Theft Auto does it. So <laughs> I don't see, you know, why they could have put some more effort into to that part about it. Because like everyone's just kind of like, hey, Spider-Man, 
right? And it's just kind of like, right. okay. Um, and then uh, it's just weird to have like all these things. We were kind of talking about it earlier, like Avengers Tower and Doctor Strange, and there's fucking Sandman destroying half the city, and the Avengers are just like, <laughs> like they're just, nah, we'll let Spider-Man take care of it. Um, we're off on another well, mission. Well, that's... Like, That's kind of like the argument they had in Endgame, where right? they're asking Captain Marvel, like, "Well, where have you been all this time?" Right. She's like, "Well, it's just weird." I mean, there's right? l- there's a lot of planets out there, and they don't have you. So I yeah. guess like that argument can be used of like the Avengers are saying, "Well, there's a lot and of then, stuff going on, and New York has Spider-Man, so we're, right. we're okay then, with." Narratively, I just like how they parallel certain motifs throughout characters. So like even in the beginning, like I know that Peter's going to get this black suit and have this anger element. But they were talking about Miles's anger with Mr. Negative yeah. first. Yeah. Like, and Peter's trying to coach him through that, but then he's going to be a victim of it on his own. So, like, I think that those parallel motifs where they really drive home kind of a, a moral or a message is really cool. I did like the Prowler bases because I liked the ending of it. Um, oh, yeah, we should talk really- about that after the show because I have a... Yeah. I have a, I had a theory of where that was going and it didn't go that way. And I'm kind of glad it didn't. But anyways, um, we'll. I think I know what it was too. Yeah. But like, I do like how it ended because I will say the storytelling in this has been very, very, very good. Yeah, um, I agree. So I've been very happy with that. My other gripe though is, is again, a nitpick. The perfection you have to be in terms of spot to hit your triangle button to interact with shit sometimes is fucking annoying yeah i i I guess do you know what i mean like if you find a chest on the roof and you have to to be the perfect fucking spot to hit that triangle button and your camera like if you're in the spot but your camera's rotated too far to the right it's because you're technically not looking at it so you can't open it and it's just it's fucking annoying i've and the one glitch was the um dr connor's house with the puzzle i had to like glitch through the puzzle to be able to get past that story part because it kept locking me out yeah, so it's not a perfect game by any sense. Like, there are plenty of glitches. I've had a, the game crash like two or three times on me. Um, I've had dudes like just walk through buildings. <laughs> I remember I was like looking at this like facility that Harry was showing you, and there was oh, just a have. coffee cup. There's a coffee cup hovering in the world. Like, yeah. I assume that's supposed to be attached to a person, but <laughs> or someone was the person there. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of stuff like that. Like, I remember going to a Mysterio room, and there's just like three people in the T pose. I'm like, oh, they're <laughs> not loaded in properly anyways um i would give it probably a nine out of ten as well it's it has its issues but it's so much fun that i'm loving it and it's probably my game of the year right now but we'll uh we'll see how that goes for the rest of the year because definitely not gonna be starfield and i haven't played uh, mario wonder yet so that may end up being the game of the year for me um we should move on i'm not going to touch upon the <laughs> the blink 182 tickets fuck it. it doesn't really matter um what does matter, though, is that tonight the Toronto Raptors are starting their season. The NBA season officially kicked off last night. However, tonight is a game that actually matters to us. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, unfortunately, are going to have to play a team that no one cares about. You know, I was talking about this earlier with a couple people of like, you look at the NBA schedule and you're like, oh, okay, it opens up with the Suns and the Warriors, like, all right, I guess, and the Lakers and the Nuggets, like, okay, that's a fine game. And the, the Raptors get the Timberwolves. It's like, it's not a divisional game. It's not a, it's not even a conference game. It's just a random team from the West thing. Here you go, play the Toronto Raptors. But nevertheless, the Raptors will be 
playing the Timberwolves tonight. Uh, Timberwolves are favored to win this one by a point and a half. I mean, you get to watch Ant-Man. Um, sure. Sure. I mean, why not? Um, here's the uh, starting lineup that is projected for the Toronto Raptors. And yeah. So you have, <laughs> you have Scotty Barnes, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and then Jakob Pertl. When you look at that lineup with on the bench, probably Grady Dick first one off the bench, maybe Chris Boucher first one off the bench, with Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn. Does that look like a team to you? Actually, I'm fully forgetting Gary Trent. I, I imagine Gary Trent might be in there instead of uh, instead of Schroeder. But nevertheless, let's say either Schroeder or Trent is your sixth man. That team to you, does that look like a team that's going to be competitive in the NBA this season? Nope, and I certainly hope not. I want that tank in full session. If they, ha- I think they have their first round pick. I think it's 2024. Five, they don't have their first round pick or some shit but i want this team to not be scratching and clawing to get into the playoffs and get into the play-in and same thing as last year and out and then your pick is like 19th and doesn't really help you at all like i want a top three pick fuck off like i don't care at this point that Masai's like well that's not how i see myself we want to compete always be competitive that's not the culture we want fine but the only way to facilitate that mindset is if you can sign guys and signing, you know, six, seven player in terms of in your rotation or, you know, a depth, you know, number two point guard is not going to get you to be competitive or get you to be a team that people fear, you know, down the line. What you need to do is you need to do what every other fucking team does at a point and shit the bed and draft somebody high and not it be Andrea Bargnani. So, so in terms of draft picks, they may or may not have their pick this year. So uh, I think it's, it was the Kawhi Leonard trade because it says to San Antonio. No, it's um, Pirtle. Oh, it was Pirtle. Okay, that makes sense. It's a they traded a first round pick, but it's top six protected. So if they don't finish in the top six, then it goes to San Antonio. If they do finish the top six, they can keep it. And then it goes to 2022, which is or 2022, 2025, which is also top six protected. So then it goes to 2026. So, um, so if they are shit the next couple of years, which looking at this roster, they will be, um, they should be able to defer that for a couple of years. And that's what they need to do. That's what you need to build a strong foundation because sure they have parts and they have pieces but there's no strong foundation of this team pascal's not staying i think we know that you know he's probably going to want to go seek money somewhere else i just i i don't think with the way they've talked about him and the way that it's gone the past couple years that you're going to throw the money he's going to want at him to keep him here i mean the guy already said he's not taking a contract extension anywhere he gets dealt to so I, I, I kind of wonder if the okay, plan then he plays is it to out. keep him around. Right, but I'm saying like he plays out the current contract and he's gone somewhere else. No, that. I think I, I I have a weird gut feeling he's going to stay a, a Toronto Raptor. I, I mean, I don't think he's the right player for the system go forward or for the success go forward. What they, The problem is you guys like 
I think you're underestimating this team, and I'm not saying they're going to be top of the East. I think they're going to end up like seventh, or, or like you said, play in, which, which is terrible. No, it is. A hundred percent, it is. The, the sad thing is, is in a weird way, they kind of need it to further along Scotty Barnes's development, right? Like you can't continuously have this guy who was rookie of the year on like losing squads. They're caught in a weird spot. And the reason they're caught in a weird spot again, and I'm sure we'll talk about this down the line is asset management. Again, letting Fred Van Vliet go for nothing, trading these picks to San Antonio for a losing season and then signing the guy you traded those picks for is wild to me, right? Like, Yeah, like you very well could have just signed Jakob Pertl to <laughs> a free agent right? deal at the end of the year instead of bringing him in to make a playoff run to, for no reason. Right? Like so no one believed this team was like going that, to do anything last year. You could have sped up the retool and not have Scotty be on these shitty teams and, and hopefully help his progression along to where he's the centerpiece, Right. He's not there yet to be the centerpiece, but the Raptors need him to be uh, eventually and soon if they want to be competitive down the line. So that's kind of the like where I look at it. Like we don't know what what Grady Dick's gonna be. I I, I don't think he'll be first off the bench. I think you're right. I think it'll be Schroeder or, or Trent. Uh, Trent may very well win Sixth Man of the Year. Like he's like he drops every once in a while. He drops forty points, right? So if he can find himself consistently and be a a twenty five point guy consistently or 20 point guy and he's coming off the bench that's incredible you know if precious chua can find a new step like i really think they could use him to to improve because i think he could be a piece uh on the eventual departure of thaddeus young if they could trust in precious he could stay healthy but then after that i mean like if again if it were me i'd be looking at og scotty trent and then i guess grady and precious as kind of my my middle core. And then I would try and surround that with some sort of, again, I don't know how you do it, but a, a, a superstar and a fucking bench. Cause that bench is, is not good enough. And I think that's what Nick nurse was always alluding to is that the, the you just can't trust the bench on the floor. Did you hear about that alleged story of Nick nurse having a burner account on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, I did. No. So it was actually Did you go to the Colangelo school of burner accounts? Oh, like full Colangelo. Like this dude <laughs> this dude was Kevin Durant levels of self-defense uh on Twitter. Oh, I got to see this. So yeah, there's some people who are speculating that this guy Mike Leonard's is actually Nick Nurse. Cuz he's like responding to tweets and one was like the response was Van Vliet and Nurse weren't the issue. It was a big fault on JTL, JTJ. Oh, Gary Trent Jr. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Anyways, he's basically saying like Van Vliet made some selfish mistakes, but he understands that, but he doesn't understand it for Gary Trent. So like it was very uh, harsh on guys like Gary Trent, but like at the same time, it's like, okay, well, I can kind of see that. (laughs) Like there's a lot of the stuff that um, that came out on the burner stuff, which who knows that's even true or not. It's like, yeah, I can see that being being an like a valid criticism of this team. Like we saw yeah. it all year. Oh, they so. dude, they didn't they there was no passing of the ball. I bet you if they looked at touches per player, the Raptors were probably on the bottom end of that spectrum last year. Which is gonna change under Darko, right? Like this guy is a move the ball out of your hands. Like nobody 
holds the ball. Like there's no ISO, I think, in this coach's playbook. So if we could say goodbye to a Siakam ISO, it would not be too soon. Like bury it, light it on fire. I never want to see a Siakam ISO again. It's it's the fucking dirt worst. So hopefully, you know, we there's some ball movement in this offense. Um because I think that's how they're that's how they're going to be successful is is by committee and getting guys involved and, and creating you know open paths uh, open paths and lanes for for Scotty so because he's gonna have to take another step as a scorer like they can't rely on like Siakam is, is he's just not gonna be it like he's not gonna be a, an all like he might be an all star but he's not gonna be like first team or anything so they need to to develop Scotty into a scorer if you look ahead at what the Raptors are looking at in terms of free agents next year. Siakam's on the last year of his deal. He's a UFA next year. Uh, we, I presume he's gone. And considering how Masai Ujiri has run this team, he will walk away for nothing. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, is a UFA next year. Last year of his deal. Uh, and if you consider the way Masai Ujiri has been running this team, Gary Trent Jr. will walk away for nothing. Um, Thad Young is a UFA next year. I don't think he can get anything for him anyway. So, um, that's <laughs> walk away for nothing, but he will walk away for nothing. Um, <laughs> Porter Jr. is also up next year. I don't see him like honestly playing all that much this year, but he's going to walk away for nothing. Um, and then, hey, hey. uh, the, and then there was why? a deadline today. Fuck him. That's why. <laughs> There was a deadline today to extend Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn, and the club declined to extend both those guys. Now, they'll be restricted free agents next year, so they're not necessarily going to walk away for nothing. But uh, realistically, Malachi Flynn was never used by Nick Nurse. When Malachi Flynn walked in a room, Nick Nurse would throw up in his mouth, and he would say, <laughs> no, no. Okay, it's it's almost like I would not eat the cat poop. (laughs) If if the Raptors lineup was a dating profile, and Nick Nurse is like looking through his options, and he'll see Malachi Flynn, he will swipe left so fucking fast. (laughs) Oh, so I don't anticipate seeing Malachi Flynn much at all this year or next year. Malachi Flynn is great in probably not. (laughs) No, he's he's incredible in like shitty games. Like in pickup ball, he drops like 80 points. Right. But who's to say that Darko doesn't find a better way to use him? I mean, he was always billed as an incredible defender. Like when he was drafted, Malachi was billed as an aggressive, strong defender, which is crazy to me because Nick Nurse's teams were always built on like this very strong defense first mentality, right? Like the Raptors were notorious for being very strong defensively. And the fact that they couldn't find space to get Malachi in there as a defender is kind of nuts to me. A part of me wants to think that all of the questionable moves that Masai Ujiri made or didn't make. I like how was beca- Bobby Webster doesn't exist too, by the way, like just <laughs> like, nobody That's ever bulletproof. Best job in the world. He, no, cause yeah. you know why Masai goes and has the contract, does the trades and he's like, sign it, Bobby. He's like, but I don't want to. I want to make a deal. He's like, fucking sign it. <laughs> sign it, Bobby. And I wonder if that's like, obviously we're joking, but I wonder if that was a similar relationship to Shanahan and Dubas of like, Dubas was just there to take the fucking bullet when Shanahan's plan didn't work out, <laughs> well, which he ended up doing. 
here's the thing though it's like and before we and i know we're kind of getting on tangent but i i genuinely think a lot of organizations are kind of going that model a little bit where you have a gm who does certain things that are not necessarily the personnel movement in terms of like bobby probably goes out and does all you know the actual signing and maybe the some of the negotiation but i feel like the big moves the stuff that is team altering moves is gonna be Masai. And I think that's part of what we have in um, Montreal, even for the Canadians, where uh, Patrick Alvin is the G. It is Alvin in Montreal. It's either he's in Montreal and the other dude's in Vancouver or vice versa. Anyway, we all know that he's there as a puppet for the president. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, no, not Jeff Molson. Fuck, I forget the guy's name. In Montreal? Yeah, it's the guy from... Uh, sorry, Kent Hughes is the GM in Montreal. Um, and yeah, Jeff Gordon. That's it. Yeah. And Jeff Gordon's the one really making the decisions, and Kent Hughes is just the Bobby Webster version. But anyway. So... Of the moves that weren't made by either Bobby Webster or Masai Ujiri, to be fair to both of them, I wonder if it was, hey, Damian Lillard's coming here next year. So we're going to acquire all these pieces. We'll bring in Yaka Pirtle. And maybe we can't move out Fred now, but maybe at the draft we can package Fred and something for Lillard. Or maybe it was at the deadline they were working with something with Fred and Lillard and it didn't work out. And so they said, you know what, we're going to go into the offseason without this. Maybe that's what happened there. And now when you look at this lineup and you say, fuck, it looks horrible, it's because they expected to trade for Lillard in the offseason. And it didn't happen. And now the season's starting, they're like, shit, all right, that's fine. Don't worry. Don't panic. Uh, don't be suspicious. It's okay because we have all these expiring contracts. We're going to have all this money to spend on free agents. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to sign with the Raptors because he grew up as a Raptors fan. And, and oh, he's basically shit. Masai's stepson. And then, shit, he signs an extension. What was it worth? $148 million or something like $186 million over three years. So that's not going to happen. So I'm very curious. And we'll have to uh, see how it's this like sixty million dollars a year, sixty-two point three. I think it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's the entire. Uh, no, 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 it's almost. It's it's three quarters of the NHL salary cap. The highest paid Raptor is Pascal Siakam, who makes thirty-seven. So he almost doubles the highest paid player on the Toronto Raptors. Fucking Fred VanVleet makes forty-three million. Yeah. He almost makes as much as Giannis. Is he worth that? Absolutely fucking not. Well, I mean, if you look at it in terms of like. His NHL salaries in a yeah in his NHL salary in a salary cap world it, yeah it looks ridiculous but I mean the NHL the guys making peanuts in that league so it's it's sometimes it's it's it looks funny because the guys make so much money even in Major League Baseball you're like Jesus Christ but like a lot of money you would think that he would have some sort of inside information as to whether Giannis would be open to coming here again they're like super close like Masai is responsible for Giannis even being in the NBA like that's how tight their relationship is. Like, I think it goes, like, that far. So um, you would think that he would have had some, which I guess sounds like tampering, but, like, fuck it, everybody tampers. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just whether you get caught. Right? Um, so if he signs an extension and they have, 
Like, there's no clear strategy behind this team, and I think that's what freaks everyone out, is that it's directionless, it's losing assets for nothing, trading first-round picks for guys you could have signed for free. You know, I just... and But you're right. It kind of looks like they were like, we'll get Lillard and then get Giannis. So we would have yeah. just been the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> what, what boggles my mind is this dude's getting 62 sheets to play like 60 games. He's going to get a million dollars a game. I'll, I'll take that. Because it's just, you, you know he's going to get load managed, right? So he's probably not going to play... 15 of those games so to put a bow on this maddie do the raptors make the playoffs this year nope hopefully James? not <laughs> i honestly think they're going to in the seven spot i think they're going to get 37 38 ish wins um i just think the bottom of the east is very like a compa- like i don't think they're any better or worse than the heat the heat went on a run um you know, they, they needed a point guard. They didn't get one. Um, stuff like that, you know what I mean? So I just think they're going to they're gonna be fighting for the, the plan up to spot seven. I want to believe they're going to be the worst team in the league and they can get a lottery pick. But I don't think we're going to be that lucky. And I think it's possible this team makes the play-in, which isn't saying much like, you can be the 10th best team in the East and get to the play-in. But if they're going to get to a play-in, selfishly, as a Raptors fan, I hope they get up to seven. So at least the draft pick that they have to give to San Antonio is not great. So what's my actual answer? I think they're probably the 12th best team in the East, but it can go either way of whether they'll end up being 15th or end up being 10th. You got to remember, they also have Pirtle for a full year. And he greatly improved a lot of things for this Raptors team. So that's what I mean. I don't, I think they're so mediocre, right? And it sucks to be mediocre in a time where you feel like you can't be mediocre. Well, no, it's not even a, in a time you can't be mediocre. In sports, you can't be mediocre because then you never get better. Yeah, it's just limbo. Right? The Leafs had that problem for years until all of a sudden they had three straight years of high draft picks. Did right? You- and then. I just I, I I get what you're saying, and I I do think you know they'll probably bat above their average a lot of the time. I just think that for long term growth of this team in terms of competitiveness, I just I think being anywhere from seventh down to twelfth is just it's nightmare fuel. For oh, it's this a team. death sentence. I just think yeah, that's where they're gonna land. Well. There's no clean segue for this. So I just need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Video games like Spider-Man 2, maybe. I should, I should go to their website right now and see if anything Spider-Man because I really want something Spider-Man now. Source from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM of 43.6 to receive... 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to nowyourtreasures on Instagram, send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. 
Um, right now, it's definitely not 43%. It is 100% in terms of save percentage for Joseph Wall. Currently, as we are recording, the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing the Washington Capitals. And <laughs> it started at 6 o'clock local time, which is a thing that we're going to talk about in the next segment, I guess. But Samsonov didn't start great. I think that's fair to say. In the first few games of the season, the Maple Leafs were scoring in bunches. Just filling the net with goals. Specifically, Austin Matthews is also filling the net with goals. That was helpful that he would score on an average three goals a game. Almost at will. However, um, unfortunately, a lot of those goals were necessary. <laughs> when they were scoring seven goals a game, it's like they needed all seven of those goals because Samsonov was a little shaky at the beginning of the year. And I said in the offseason, and we can go back in this show and find it, where I said Joseph Wall is a starter of this team. And I don't know how long the experiment of Ilya Samsonov is going to be, but at some point this season, Joseph Wall is going to be the start of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I didn't think it was going to happen after five games. But after Samsonov on Saturday night gave up three goals on four shots, Joseph Wall entered the game and did let in another goal for the rest of the game, and they needed that. And they ended up winning that game in Tampa, which is not something this team is usually able to say. Even though they did it in the playoffs this past year, there have been plenty of playoffs before where they weren't able to do that in Tampa. Now, here we are on Tuesday night. I was about to say Thursday. It's not Thursday. Here we are on Tuesday night, and Joseph Wall is continuing his good play. Now, again, we are recording at the same time this game is happening. So I could be very wrong in what I'm about to say. But what I'm about to say is Joseph Wall has, with his performance today and his performance on Saturday, has locked in the position as number one goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And going forward, it's going to be his net to lose. Maddie, do you agree? James, do you agree or disagree? Jimmy can go first because I might tee off on this. I one. think uh, at some point, all teams have to bet on a goaltender, right? And I, I say that with the Dallas Stars at one point had to say, you know what, Jake Ottinger's playing well, it's Jake Ottinger. And then now it's Jake's one of the best goaltenders in the league, right? Um, the Las Vegas Golden Knights basically bet on a new goaltender every other week, but they bet on somebody and that's who they go with. Like eventually, and the Leafs have been horrendous at drafting and developing goaltending. Wall would be the first since Potvin. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, maybe not, you know, including Jonas Gustafsson, who they drafted and played for like a bunch of games before he stunk his way out. Uh, they didn't so, draft him though. They signed him out of the They signed him, yeah, that's true. Still kind of internally developed, I guess. Um, but you, at some point, you have to put your chips on a guy. Wall is kind of, of goalie age now, I think. I think he's 25. So the time is up. His time is now. Um, <laughs> you can't see me. Yes, he's right? 25. See? So it's... Um, I think you just, as as an organization, at some point you have to bet on the guys you've developed 
and the time might be now. And you, if I'm the Maple Leafs, I'm doing it now to see what I have. Like, you can't wait forever to see what you have on these guys. And, you know, you have other prospects coming up. They have Hildeby, Aktiamov, looks like the real deal. Um, with stats in the KHL comparable to Shesterkin and Sorokin on a shittier team than those dudes play for. So it's a very real possibility that that guy's going to be something special. So there's there's guys internally, and you have to start betting on them. Uh, before you chime in, Maddie, I know you want to tee off on me for saying this, but I do have to acknowledge that there is a Spider-Man print on nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. So, Uh-oh. There's a, someone like, may be making there's a, a nice a mysterious purchase. one. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead, Maddie. So I agree at some point you have to start betting on them, but where this team currently is, it's not the time. I think that every team at some point has a goalie lull. Sometimes it's early in the season, sometimes it's mid, sometimes it's near the end of the season. That there's always a period of time where the starter kind of, you know, fades a little bit or, you know, shows really sussy numbers. This could just be Sansonov's time. I don't think, I think it's at the point where, you give Wall more opportunity than uh, you would previously just because of the nature of it being 1A, 1B almost. I realistically think that this is still Samsonov's net that by default, if say there's one game and you need these guys to, uh, or one of these guys to play in this game, you know, say if it's game 82 and it matters to get into the playoffs or not, and you know, you're kind of feeling like, who do we play? It's going to be Samsonov, just strictly on experience alone. Um, so I think they're at the point where they're like, you know what? Samsonov has to figure some shit out right now. He's being a little leaky. We'll give Wall some runway. That runway is likely going to be two, three games. If he has a bad period, they go back to Samsonov the next game right away. But if you're at game 82 and Wall's won you 30 games, you're not playing. Let me just stop Joseph. I just saw Joseph Wall stop Alexander Ovechkin on a penalty shot. So I'm, I'm okay with rolling with Joseph Wall. Yeah, but Ovi's also like 12% on the shootout. He also hasn't scored a goal this season. Yeah. No, yeah. I and again, I think this is a good chance to, again, you give him a little bit of runway. But I think once Samsonov does get in, which would probably be to a weaker team next or on a back-to-back or something like that, if he shows well, he's back in there. And I think Wall knows that. And that's also partially probably why he's playing well. He knows he's like, hey, I just got to come in and play well. I don't have to worry about, you know, my jobs on the line or anything like that. Just go in and play the game. Be calm, be chill, and just play the game. Samsonov has all the worry in the world where he's like, I have this kid behind me. You know, there's a lot of pressure. We're supposed to be cup favorites. We have all this. Wall doesn't really have that. I don't think you can yank him after a bad period, though, like, I mean, what? what no, does I don't mean do yank him in the game. I don't mean yank him in the game where it's like one bad period, he's gone. Oh, no, like, no. Say if he has a really terrible second period and the Leafs, you know, get outscored four to one and the game ends like seven to two, then I think what happens is they're like, hey, you know, cool. We're going to go back to Samsonov for a bit. He's had time to figure his shit out and kind of get back to neutral. Great. But uh, I do think, though, that each guy is very much on the. You play well, you play. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, yeah it just depends the on what the definition is. of well is, right? Because, I mean, you can't... I don't think it'll be good for his 
confidence to think like, oh, I can't have a bad period or no, I'm not going to get another start for 10 games, right? Well, it's, it's the same no, thing, though, for Samsonov, too. Yeah, but I mean, hmm, I feel like the, the ceiling on wall is undefined where Samsonov does have a history of being a either or a goaltender, right? And here's another thing. And look, I know that they said this was a scheduled start for Wall on Tuesday night. And it didn't really matter what had happened on Saturday. But And I, I don't know if, um, if Sheldon Keefe is looking long-term up at the schedule or it's just a matter of like, all right, you'll play here, two games here, and then we'll give you a day off or whatever. But like, you figure that Samsonov probably should have played against his old team. Like, wouldn't you have wanted to give him that opportunity to play against Didn't Washington last year? Didn't he get roasted last year, last year against but that's, Washington? But you can't... I know, but if you expect to be like an NHL level player, you have to be able to put that shit behind you. You can't baby these motherfuckers forever. No, oh, like, at some point, said, you're going to be the Washington Capitals. They have no but time for the game crying. Last year. <laughs> he even said it. There's no time for crying. Right? I just think like, if this is your first season playing and that's your first time playing against, yeah, okay. After that, it's you move on. Like, it's not like every time you play the team, you have to play them. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like it's... No, hear, hear me out. I'm just saying that, like, it always seems to us when there's a fucking former Maple Leaf come into the building, the guy has the game of his life, even though it's been five years since he's played for the Maple Leafs. Dude, or it's been like Sandine a guy... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, or it's been a guy... I do it every time on FanDuel. Like, I look through and make You've made money. Ball. You've made money on this concept. All the time of like, I will just either look through the opposing team okay who used to play for the maple leaves or who grew up in toronto and guarantee that motherfucker scoring that night because he's going to have like 19 of his best friends in the crowd i think either way how is it different because it's it's something about you know like you said a guy who either grew up in toronto or played in toronto like the spectacle and the stage is much bigger for those guys than it is for some butt fuck playing in washington which means he should be able to do it. No, but I'm just saying, like, it's not, I'm not saying he shouldn't be able to do it. I'm just saying every time they play the team, Samsonov, it's your net. Like, I don't, in Washington, I don't know. I just think that, yeah, you give them one for sure. That first one back, absolutely. Like, I think the courtesy. Do I think uh, some, uh, Simone Benoit gets that game in Anaheim? Absolutely. I think they're like, yeah, you know, we were looking for a way to get him in. I think this is a good time. Yeah, sure. But then every time, say he's with this team for the next three, four years, doesn't mean he gets that game every time. Yeah, it's the first no, one you. for sure. Um, now, we also have to remember, Samsonov is one year older than Joseph Wall. So like, one whole year. Not, yeah, let's not say. And one guy came up through the organization and one guy didn't. Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm, I'm getting at here is like another goal for the Maple Leafs. This is fucking great. <laughs> um, you're, you're like 15 seconds ahead of me because are you watching on your TV like in the back? Uh, yes. Well, I'm watching on my Rogers Ignite login on my laptop. Oh, so okay. I, I made a conscious decision of doing that because like I originally typed in TSN's website, which I, I can't stand having to watch a game on TSN because now we get uh, a 720p feed of it. And then if you watch online again, like a 540p version of it. Anyways, um, so I said, oh, I'll just go to Rogers Ignite and I'll watch the television version. So at least it should be close to 10. It might be 1080i or something, but like it's not, obviously it's not 4K because, you know, that would have cost money and Bell Media doesn't spend any money. Um, do you notice that? Like anytime there's an away game and TSN has a broadcast, it's, it's not in 4K. Work. It's their work. Yeah. Like there's no 4K option. 
They're, no. They rarely use 4K even for home games. I think they only use it for home games. Like it doesn't matter what the circumstances. Like the only way TSN is going to have a 4K feed is if it's a home game. Yeah, but I don't think whereas, they do the 4K every home game either. Oh, they might not. Yeah, yeah. probably not. But whereas if the game's on Sportsnet, it doesn't matter if it's home or away. You're going to get a 4K feed. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Um, I, I well, oh yeah, I guess what, my, what I'm <laughs> saying is like, what's the loyalty to Samsonov? So I, I, is it because he gets paid more than Joseph Wall? Because I know we're maybe I'm being a little dude. The Penguins um, benched Flurry for Murray. Flurry got benched again in Vegas for what's his name Leonard. Then Leonard got benched. Ottinger took the net. Like it's not without precedent for somebody to do it. Uh, so I don't think it's a money thing. I think in general, I think they still probably believe that Samsonov gives them the best chance to win on most nights. However. If there's a body of work that starts to develop that Wall, and it's little things too that we don't even know. Like, is Wall eating rebounds way better? Because Samsonov's rebound control has been abysmal. Bad. So like, Also too, it's habits during practice. It's right. mindset. It's it's everything. But again, that's why I say currently, I can't, I don't think you say it's Joseph Wall's net, blah, blah, blah. It's meritocracy. That's how it's going to be for this team. If, for this say, year, if the, the next game, Samsonov start and he loses three goals and four shots again, then that like, that's a different conversation, right? So like Maddie says, guys are going to have off nights and they're riding this for now. Again, if, if he's consistently laying eggs, then there's the conversation is going to get worse. And the pressure is just, I mean, you know, the city, we live here. The pressure externally is going to be very, very strong. Like the heat is going to be turned up, you know, real bad uh in this because again we've never had the homegrown goaltender in forever so people are going to start screaming for a replacement we're and and like maddie said we're in an impatient spot with this team right any sign of weakness people are going to freak like look at this defense already people are already sharing memes of justin hall being plus nine and being like told you so (laughs) you say say people and that's literally me like i was the one who shared that (laughs) you are people I would say I don't worry about the defense until about like 25 games in because it takes a lot, especially with some new guys that are in here. It takes some time to learn new systems, you know, assignments and things like that. It's, it's tough. And also to start of the season, October is always the highest goals in the league. Always. But one of those guys is notorious black hole on defense and is showing that they are a black hole on defense. Yeah, it's not like they gave him a lot of money or anything though. No, not at all. It's not like there was another guy no. who would have been a great fit that signed for the exact same amount no. of money. But no. No, not at all. No. Matt Dumba. Something <laughs> that is um, a little different for the NHL, and it's something they're trying out this year. They're calling it the frozen frenzy. Part of the reason why we're watching this game as, as we're recording is because the Leafs game started at 6 o'clock local time because... For whatever reason, and like I don't quite understand the reasoning behind it, but they are, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I don't. There's a, another game starting every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So there's the Leafs game at 6 o'clock, there's another game at 6.15, another game at 6.30, and so on and so forth all the way up to the end of the evening with the West Coast teams. It's cool in a sense that every team in the NHL is playing tonight, which I love. I love the graphic that they put up saying all 32 teams, 16 games, 
one night. It looks dope. It's a nice yeah. graphic. Whoever at ESPN put that graphic together, uh, good job on that. Looks cool as shit. Um, and from my understanding on ESPN, and obviously we don't have that in Canada unless... Arr. Arr. Yeah. Arr. 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 I, from, my, from my understanding on ESPN, they're also doing a, a red zone type deal where they're going to be floating around to different games, I guess, depending on the situation. I imagine power plays is probably what they're looking for and stuff like that, Dude, which is a cool idea. Ice surfing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Concept. It's not like it hasn't been done before. Uh, yeah. The score back in the day, RIP, would do stuff like that. I mean, actually, it might have been even before I think the court score. Surfing might have been was headline the first sports. to do it. Like before yeah. red zone, right? Like court surfing was kind of the innovator of this concept. And then they did ice surfing, but I think it was like only on Twitter. It was only on Periscope, which was so fucking stupid. Like put <laughs> it, it on, on YouTube only. Put it on YouTube, you fucking morons. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be on Periscope. I remember Periscope. <laughs> so what are your Pepper thoughts Farmer on members. the Frozen Frenzy? Do you feel like this is going to help a new audience with the for the NHL or do you think it's just going to be a, a failed project? I mean, if you get a 5% increase in viewing, you're happy, right? And if you do that year over year, you're happy. Um, I think it would have been better on a different night, but I understand the challenges of that because Saturday, you're not going up against college football. Sunday, you're not going up against NFL. Monday, you're not going up against NFL. And Thursday, you're not going to go up against NFL. So, well, and also tonight is like a game seven in Major League Baseball. And also <laughs> the, uh, NBA opening night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's there's it's, no good night for this, but football's the one you stay away I feel from. Like both Wednesday, and NFL. I feel like Wednesday would have been the night. It it reminds me of that Jim Cornette line where he's they're talking about AEW in their television ratings, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? That brand new all all night gas station just opened up. There's a lot of a lot of competition. So there's always competition. There's always something. Like if yeah. you're if you're a television property, it, I get that you want to avoid the NFL if you can." But if it's not that, it's something else. Like people's time is always going to be compromised with a million other things. Like Maddie and I probably didn't watch a whole lot of sports this weekend because we're both level 40 something in Spider-Man. So like we spent a lot of time playing that video game. There's always something to take your attention. I think I think more than Frozen Frenzy, I think what's going to bring a lot more eyes to the NHL is Pat McAfee. I don't know if you guys saw that last week where he had a segment called Hockey is Awesome. And he just went over a breakdown of like all the cool stuff that happened the night before. Like if if that guy starts getting behind it, it can introduce it to that American audience on well, ESPN. He's on ESPN. Pat Mack, Drake. They, I used to watch the NHLs doing hockey one on ones now on their Instagram, where they're talking about different things like who are linesmen and who are refs, what is offside. Like it seems super like elementary, but I think they're doing that because they're seeing an influx in traffic from some of these things that they're doing. And the right. frozen frozen frenzy is great because I think yeah. you introduce a casual fan to teams like it works for me in football. Like I probably wouldn't be as big of a football fan as I am if it weren't for red zone, because I don't have time to invest in watching an entire fucking Ravens game. Sorry, Dustin, but I know about Ravens players and I see them and I can digest these teams and understand these players in a much more efficient manner through red zone. Right. So, you know, whereas you could be, oh, I'm kind of interested in hockey, but I, I don't know about the Arizona. Like I listen to the Sports Card podcast, and they don't know they don't know fuck all about hockey on this podcast. So every time they go to talk about hockey cards, which is like maybe twice a year, 
Like even even today they were like, one of the guys you want to look for is Kale Macker, and I'm like, dude, you fucking <laughs> like okay, yeah. right? So hopefully this helps, you know, the the casual fan be introduced to the league in general and and have them find their way and pick their favorite players and kind of see what the best parts about the game are all about, right? Yeah, you can instantly lose credibility with your audience where you make a mistake like that on someone's name. You're like, oh, I see. You have no idea what you're talking about. Just Don Cherry the name. (laughs) (laughs) Taidami. Oh, man. Like Don Cherry is that thing that's kind of lost to time, you know, where when we were growing up, that's like we watched that guy religiously, obviously. It's Hockey Night Canada. Dude, Rock'em Sock'em. Dude, we would would on repeat... The amount yeah. of Rock'em Sock'em we would watch, and we would be like, this is the best. Every year Christmas, my brother would get yep. Rock'em Sock'em, the newest one, and we would watch, dude, burn that shit out. We would- the tape would be like this thin because we watched Rock'em Sock'em so much. Oh, we probably still have them somewhere too. It was, uh, yeah, I'll never forget the day when Don Cherry finally got canceled. And <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> I'll never forget the day because I was at, I was working a shift at the Maple Leafs and it actually might've been the Maple Leafs. It might've been the Raptors, whatever. I was in the Air Canada center that night. And I remember a bunch of my coworkers were like, man, what he said wasn't racist. Not a big deal. I don't get it. And someone looked over at me and said, Dustin, what do you think? I'm like, I just, I just love it when old white people tell me what's not racist. And like (laughs) every person in that room just stopped talking. I'm like, yeah, like y'all fuckers don't get it. And I understand why you don't get it because it doesn't like doesn't pertain to you, right? But like, if you look back at it, you're like mm, Don Cherry like purposely mispronounced every fucking European's name he ever encountered. That yeah. guy wasn't dumb; like he understood how to say Antropov, but he called him Andropov just to be an asshole. And is that racist? No, but it kind of is. And like, I think after a while, so all that stuff just kind of adds it's, up. Right? It's saying I, that they're not worth his time. And that's the problem. Dude, figure out how to properly say someone's name, or that like, he has more ownership over what they're doing of hockey than they do. Yeah, I honestly, I'm not even lying. I, I probably closed the tab right now, but I just now, like ten minutes ago, had a tab opened on how to properly pronounce Attentacumbo. Like I want to actually say this properly, and this motherfucker's on television and just doesn't care. So like the fact that it it just shows that you. I don't know what we're talking about, Don Cherry. I'm just saying, like, um, yeah, that guy is lost to time. And it's a different era of sports now. And sometimes the NHL gets things right, and sometimes they don't. And we talked about it last week or the week before of the, of many things, pride tape being outlawed and no longer to be worn during warm-up and it was Travis Dermott, wasn't it? Who was the guy who, during a game, said, fuck it, I'm going to put fry tape on my stick. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who said, good for you. And one of, I think the one that I saw was uh, Steve Dangle, who was like, this is awesome. And if you have a problem with this, you're, he didn't say it like this. I'm paraphrasing. And I'm paraphrasing his tone, <laughs> which was read through text. So this is not what he said at all. But basically, the way I interpreted what he said was, this is really cool. And if you have a problem with that, go fuck yourself. Um, so after all of the noise that has happened um, in this decision by the NHL, which as we discussed last week, it was done to prevent noise, right? It wasn't done to say, fuck all these pride people. It was, 
it was done under our assumption of what they did to eliminate the noise and say, look, not everyone wants to support these things. Let's just get rid of all of them. We're throwing them all away. We're just going to focus on hockey. And maybe the messaging could have been better for the NHL. I think maybe that's where this all comes from is that originally when they outlawed it, for lack of a better term, the messaging wasn't right and it wasn't consistent and it didn't come out as if the NHL was doing a good thing. Now, the NHL has reversed that decision. They have changed their mind. And there is a statement that the NHL put out today. NHL statement on symbolic tape in support of social causes. After consultation with the NHL Players Association and the NHL Player Inclusion Coalition, I didn't know that existed, players will now have the option to voluntarily represent social causes with their stick tape throughout the season. Okay, hold on a minute. Hold the phone. This sounds great. But I think this is one of the situations where the NHL is like, let's just have our cake and eat it too. Because originally, again, I don't know if anyone's talking about this other than the the three people on the 43.6 Sports Podcast, of how it wasn't a ban on Pride Tape. That wasn't the ban. That was the headline that everyone was running with. The ban was on all sorts of social cause awareness. So it was military night. It was hockey fight cancer. And it wasn't just tape on a stick. It was sweaters. It was everything else that goes into the presentation of this night. But now the NHL is saying, don't worry, you can put you can put tape on your stick now. It's okay. So we're still not having Hockey Fights Cancer Night. We're still not going to have the purple jerseys that get signed and raffled off and goes to a cancer support program. That's not happening anymore. Well, I think I think the nights are happening and the the jerseys. I think they're just not wearing the jerseys. Yeah. Okay. So oh, yeah, the What's nights this? they're they're still gonna make them. And I think and they'll then... produce the jerseys, which they'll get signed. Okay. But I, I see what you're saying. There's there's right. a certain cachet to having wearing it and for nothing. And the warm up and the pictures and things like that. Like it's. I it's, like the like, the little updates for nothing. Maybe. Yeah. Well. <laughs> And it was Austin Matthews with a clapper, an absolute Dude, missile yeah. from the top, missile. from the yeah. circle. Like he that man doesn't that do one. clappers. No, he does now. Um, he, I mean, there's been a couple goals actually this year where he's been taking some uh, some clappers, if you will. Yeah. And maybe just adding that to his arsenal, and he's uh-huh. fooling a lot of goaltenders. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that, Dustin sounds like like that dude who's just like. Again, the American who doesn't watch hockey. Yeah. Clappers this guy's watching for Frozen it. Frenzy. What is a clapper? <laughs> <laughs> he he needs those. Uh, What's it like the lingo segment? But um, so Don Cherry, myself, you people need to learn what a clapper is. <laughs> it's can funny because if you go to Don, if you go to Don's Twitter, it says Don Cherry continues uh, his uh, tell it like it is on hockey and more. Fucking guy. Anyway, um, it's just I, I think of it like this: if you're someone who is of that community that they're representing that day, whether it's Pride or Indigenous or like the you know, hockey fights, cancer night or anything like Mm. that. Seeing that Jersey, like while people can be like, whatever, it's just a Jersey, but like to see that and to say, you know, I feel represented or I feel welcome. Even if it's one person, like you're making a difference, right? Or if one person's like, I feel supported or if one person feels like, Hey, you know what? 
maybe not all sports are as jockey and you know alpha male as it used to be um i think it's five nothing no uh, just a big save by wall oh uh, anyway <laughs> you but you know what i mean my point yeah you know what i mean uh it's i i just it sucks that it's come to this i know again it's not strictly the pride thing but like it's just it's shitty that you had a couple people who caused such a stir last year that made it so into this on that point like and i'm not saying i agree with this but this is this is i think when we talk about these things we look at the entire spectrum of the argument right and again i'm not saying i agree with this but the we wear the jersey you you feel welcome until you get there and the morons are like fuck you get this shit off the ice get this shit you know and then all of a sudden you don't feel you probably don't feel very welcome anymore right and i think that's what the nhl was trying to get at is like and we talked about this a little bit last week so i won't belabor it but on some level it could be perceived as counterintuitive again i'm not saying i agree with that i'm saying there is the potential for it to be perceived that way so you know and like you said dustin like they never said you couldn't well, what was it? What was the official rule from the NHL the beginning of the season? Was it that you I couldn't? Think, I think it was banning. Um, well, it was like banning thing. supporting it various was, causes. It was all theme nights were, I shouldn't say theme nights were banned, but you couldn't wear anything in support of a theme night. So be, And they specifically called out uh, military night and uh, hockey fight cancer night and pride night. So like, I'm sure there's probably other nights throughout the Throughout free the range season, chicken like night. who knows, right? But like they specifically called out those three, and uh, they said you cannot wear anything. Uh, they can't. You can't wear anything at warm up that isn't a part of your regular approved uniform. Meanwhile, the yeah. NFL's over here. They got rainbow logo things, and they're wearing pink shoes. And no one seems to have a problem. They got they got gay dude who plays defense like no one you know cares. why because the nfl will tell you to shut the hell up right like the nfl well, is a machine <laughs> i mean eh, there's there's quite the stir about the whole kneeling during the national anthem thing in the nfl so there's so there's that too which is which is fucking weird right like they can wear the pink shoes for breast cancer they can have the the pride stuff like i said there's a gay dude i think he plays for the bucks now but he was on the raiders under john gruden which was weird um but yet, it's the NHL where people are drawing the line at, at this shit. Like, you would think that the blue collar, like, fuck them people guys would be football fans and making a large stir about it. But maybe the NFL is just too powerful and the, the NHL is too desperate. Do you know what I well, mean? Well, see, here's the, here's the thing. And this might be one of those situations where we are in our Toronto bubble. Okay. Think about it out. So, because, and I, what I mean by that is, in our Toronto bubble, in a major city bubble, it is predominantly um, left-leaning people. I, I think yeah. that's generally fair to say. And then as you get out into the country, you have more um, blue-collar people. And nothing wrong with any of this, what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, as you get out in the country, if uh, you can look at it by the maps of your election. As you get out into the country, there's more right-leaning people yep. for various reasons. So... In our bubble, in our city, we're like, yeah, pride, cool, whatever. But you have to understand that a large portion of hockey fans, 
are blue collar, um, right leaning people. In fact, statistically, there's probably more of them than there are left leaning white collar people. Right. So that's where the noise comes from. It's not from the people within Toronto. It's not from the people who are supporting the New York Rangers. It's from the guy who lives in Albany, New York, who supports the Rangers his whole life. It's the guy who lives in um, Muskoka, Ontario. Against the Giants. I bet they are. Right, but that's what I mean. So is the NFL just so powerful that it suppresses that noise? And the NHL is so desperate to acquire an audience? Look at the Bud Light backlash that happened in the United States. Okay, yes. Sure. And that is the same audience, at least if you terms of advertising. It's an NFL audience, yeah. It's 100% NFL audience is your Bud Light audience. And the backlash that Bud Light or Budweiser got for those pride ad campaigns. I had guys, my buddies in the US saying, they'll go into Walmart and Bud Light's on sale for $1.99 for a 2-4 because they need to get rid of it because it's going to go bad. Like they have so much inventory they can't move because not only did they do the pride campaign, but they doubled down on it too. But how can the NFL do these campaigns and get and get away with it without the same vitriol is what I'm asking. Again, it's too powerful a machine. They got Taylor Swift, yo. Actually, that's also, but it's going, sorry, go on, Maddie. No, I was going to say it's legitimate. Like it's, it's the NFL doesn't have to give a shit about it or about what other people are freaking out out because they're a $14 billion a year industry. The NHL nets maybe 4 billion a year. And maybe that's the thing with the beer is that at the end of the day, there's beer alternatives. There is no NFL alternative. Like if Budweiser was the only beer, then I imagine people wouldn't complain as much or they would complain and still drink it. Right, but you also have to remember how many of these dudes that freaked out, and I'm not saying all of them, but I guarantee you a big portion of them that freaked out about the whole Bud Light thing will see Bud Light for $1.99 for a 2 form and be like, you know what? Fucking pisses Dude, me off, but man, $1.99 Kid is $1.99. Kid Rock was photographed drinking a Bud Light after speaking out awesome. on all this shit. It's like, fuck this, but, but I'm going to drink it. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's, it's, it'll be like, yeah, but like it's fucking dull. See what we did? We made them sell their beer for $1.99. Eh, fuck you. And still drink it. So not understanding the fact that their Bud Light, regardless, is still probably making money on it anyway. So This feels, in a weird way, it feels kind of desperate to me. Like, I mean, I, I think the lines are very clear. Like, you don't go as far as the Dodgers did with the weird sisters or whatever, right? And you don't you don't go as far as... as uh, Maybe having like a, a a drag burlesque figure skating in between periods thing, like you know what I mean. Maybe that's not, you know, maybe there's a line <laughs> somewhere. But at right. the end of the day, wearing a jersey and warm up, especially for things like oh White's Cancer, where you can autograph them and ra- and raise money, like it, it feel it feels like net net you're doing more harm than good. Yeah, I think it needs to be um, inclusion when it makes sense and when it matters and not inclusion for uh the optics of you doing it you know what i mean so like you're grandstanding like, it yeah like i feel like the message wasn't um this is important to us it was this would look good on us to do this so yeah it's kind of like the whole the argument about changing your corporate logo to rainbow it's like do you actually believe in that or are you just fucking right Right. It's just a weird thing to do. It's yeah. like a, the ALS ice bucket challenge, you know? Like, all right, yeah, we're, we're all fucking dumping ice like, on Why now? are we dumping ice on people 
It's like, it's my yeah. problem with marathons. Like instead of running the marathon, go just go raise more money for the cause. Also, but I will say this: good on good on Dermot though for saying "fuck you" and coming out with the tape anyway, which led to them overturning yeah. this shit. The monkey is off Ovechkin's back. I think he just scored a power play goal. It took twenty eight shots for the Washington Capitals Dude. to finally score a goal on Joseph Wall, who is now the new number one goaltender of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Week seven in the NFL is in the books, and as you know, on this show, we do like to make picks and tell you who you should be betting on in the upcoming slate of games. Although it's not official betting advice, please do not take our advice. Um, Previously to this week, we were on a heater. We had three weeks in a row of a perfect three-game parlay that if you had bet on all of those, you probably would have made like a solid $5. Like they were (laughs) exceptionally... uh, (laughs) We were like those dudes with the phone lines. Call now for Joey's Lock of the Week. We got tremendous information. Yeah, we got tremendous info, inside info of injuries and starters for Sunday. However, this past (laughs) week, the streak did come to an end, although one streak still remains. And another maybe getting started. Actually, two streaks came to an end. So Maddie was four for four over the past month until... Uh, the Vikings upset the 49ers. So that was an incorrect pick. That screwed up the entire parlay because James and I were both correct. And this was James's fourth correct week in a row. Now, tell you guys, I got the inside. I got the information. <laughs> call 1 800 444 J A M E S. That doesn't even make sense. It's too many numbers. <laughs> <laughs> James did pick the Browns over the Colts, which honestly was gifted to all of us by the uh, NFL and the uh, pr- the referees of that game. And of course, for the seventh consecutive week, I was correct in saying the Seattle Seahawks would defeat the Arizona Cardinals. So maybe there's a, a theme here that maybe you're not doing a parlay of all three of our picks. Maybe you're just picking my pick because that's the one that wins every week. Just... You know, just saying. Uh, the score currently is seven for me, five for Maddie, and four for James. Don't call it a comeback. They are there's now a potential for someone else to get second place because first place is pretty much already locked up. No, chickens are going to come home to roost, y'all. Just watch because you've picked a lot of favorites already in certain games. It come down to the season where you have two shit teams and you're like, fuck my life. Yeah, you're gonna have because. Yeah, if you recall, we are playing this uh, survival style. So once I, uh, anyone selects a team, they cannot select that team again. So yeah, the, Maddie could be right. Maybe I've uh, used all my my sure picks at the beginning of the season, but we'll have to see. Uh, we'll just quickly run through any of the major highlights that we saw in week seven. The first game of the week was the Thursday nighter. That was the Tony Khans taking on the New Orleans Saints. The Tony Khans picking up the victory. They are now 5-2 and two are the Jags, 3-0 and oh on the road. I don't They look incredible or anemic. It's weird, right? Right. right. Like I don't know. Trevor Lawrence, again, like guy who had a brace on, I think, still was... Uh, oh, no, that was Jalen Hurts. But no, he was out there. Trevor Lawrence, did have a, yeah, he, Trevor Lawrence did have a knee brace on, and there was... Uh, concern of his mobility, but once the game started, he was moving around like a cat, so it didn't yeah. really make much of a difference. Good. Um, then we had on the Sunday slate the Raiders and the Bears, and my goodness, I left the motherfucker on my bench, 
and I would have had Tyler a Bignette. far less. Say what? Tyler Bignette or Tyson Bignette? Oh no! Or oh no! No, not not the not the bag. The bag is a fun nickname though. Who was playing in front of like a half do- or a two dozen family friend member family and friends? It was really cool actually. So what you're saying but, is Mike Babcock is not the coach of the Bears. <laughs> that is in fact what I'm saying. I would have had a very far less stressful Monday night football game had I just started Deontay Foreman, who went for like a hundred something yards and two touchdowns. The guy scored 30 fantasy points for a running back on the Bears. Hmm. Like that's just not what you'd expect. The Raiders are at nice. all. The yeah. Raiders are certainly a mess. And Devontae Adams was all about, yo, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, throw me the ball. And then he drops and he one missed, in the end zone. like two touchdowns, yeah. yeah. Dude, this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as we quickly go through the games, nobody scored a touchdown. Like nobody that you would have thought to score a touchdown. I had a parlay and I sent it to my brother and my cousin. They were like, that doesn't look unreasonable. That makes sense. None of the man scored. Like Cooper Cup did not score a touchdown. Devontae Adams did not score a touchdown. Um, I had somebody else like, uh, I think the only ones that did were Tyreek Hill and I forget the other person, but uh, I also had one of those parlays of oh, Andrews. touchdown scores and I put Lamar Jackson, Gabe Davis and Saquon Barkley and Jackson scored like in the first possession, ran one in and then Barkley, I think got hurt like immediately. I'm like, fuck. And then he came back and scored a touchdown. I'm like, all right, here we go. Just need Gabe Davis to, and I don't know if Gabe Davis has actually found um, the stadium in which the game took place. <laughs> I don't know if he's found it yet, but he certainly was not uh, present at any point on Sunday as uh, that Bills and Patriots game took place. Uh, might as well go there next. Bills and Patriots. <laughs> Patriots win? What? Bills are frauds. I Okay, so Should we kind of had this. The like, bills? The- Should we play for the Bills? Go for it. Go for it. So I kind of had this conversation briefly with my cousin and I, and he's of the opinion while um, valid is he thinks Josh Allen is, you know, like a great quarterback. I just think he's been figured out and now he's getting exposed and historically he's been a turnover machine. But now it's it's worse considering the expectation that has been there. You know, when there was no expectation on the Bills, it's one thing for him to play really well, but have some turnovers and, you know, team they're winning. But now when they're listing the Bills as a Super Bowl level favorite, everything is now magnified tenfold. So, you know, egregious turnovers by Josh Allen are now while you're just like, yeah, but they're winning and now the Bills are good and stuff like that. Now it's just like, oh boy, the Bills are not good. Dude, the, no. they're one, the Jets are one win away from being tied with the Bills record. Yep. And I I just think that what you're seeing is a, a mediocre at best defense for the Bills. You're seeing a run game that is almost non-existent non-existent because they can't fit they have the guys they just can't figure out what to do with it right um and you see do they have the guys though james cook's good i think 
I, I think where I just think that it's you have Josh Allen who likes to run the ball and then you have James Cook and then you have um what's the other fucking and you have Stefan Diggs as wide receiver that it's almost like you can't decide how you want to run your system. They right? have two quality tight ends that well, I mean Dawson Knox is hurt now, but they have two solid tight ends that they can't it's just I don't know. You just love they're, your tight they're ends. They're a weird huh? team. Sorry? You just love your tight ends. That is something phrasing. Well, considering considering he had Darren Waller who put up 15 points, he left him on the bench this week. It was pretty Stop funny. It's <laughs> the problem with having multiple tight ends on your team for no reason. All right. But you should have started one in flex. Instead of James. Um, no, you shouldn't have. If James you're in a position Williams, where you're starting tight ends, James Jameson Williams. James Williams has zero points. I mean, but hold just, on, hold on. I, I would just, I would, you know, preface this by saying technically his, well, not technically, literally his record's better than yours and he beat you last week too. I don't, okay, you know what? You know what? <laughs> you know what? Why don't you take a look at the standings of our league right now, okay? Go, go over there and hit league, okay? And you'll see the standings. And while my record isn't great, I, I will uh, admit that my record is what, three and four? It's not great. Okay. So is I understand. So is, so is Jim's. Yeah. And what's James' record? Three and four. Okay. How many points has James scored all year? How was the head-to-head? How many points? How was the head-to-head? Has James scored all year? Seven hundred and twenty-five. Good number. I don't even say that's a bad number. I've scored seven hundred sixty-one. Yeah, on the so, back of Tyreek Hill. Hey, man, we're called Tyreeking Havoc for a reason. Okay, but then and then so that, and then hold on, hold on. Points against. This is the one thing I want. Every year, there's always a team, and unfortunately, this year I am that team. Where you look at the points against, James has 712 points against. I have 806 points Stop it. against. Get some help. There are teams ahead of me who have 600 points against. I have 200 more points against than other motherfuckers ahead of me. So all I'm saying is sometimes you run into a matchup where you have a ridiculous opponent and it doesn't work out the way it should like this past week i was saying like i had a very stressful monday night like my matchup i ended up winning by 0.5 points like it was literally five yards that i won that matchup and i had 133.9 points and my opponent had 133.4 no one else all week eclipsed 100 points and we were battling out at 133 in decimal points i did i got 122 what? No, you didn't. Oh, you did. Uh, yeah, I can't read. Okay, so one other team got over a hundred points. I missed that one. Well, the the point is, the I point but, is. okay. So then, when all said and done, you look at the head to head. But just saying. Anyway, Dawson um, Knox is a good tight end. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so, so yeah, so, so Dawson Okay. But yeah, so I would the, say that the, the, the Bills are getting exposed yeah. very heavily. I made this joke on Sunday. I want to say, but I feel like no one uh, either got it or they got it but didn't think it was funny but at <laughs> halftime um when the colts had scored 21 points at the half and the patriots had scored or excuse me the bills had scored three points at the half i had jokingly said do we have a freaky friday situation going on here you know it's Lindsay <laughs> lohan i'm your mother but i'm cool now is it gardner Minshew and josh allen have switched bodies and now all of a sudden it is Josh Allen who's chucking the ball for the Indianapolis Colts. And it is some rando named Gardner Minshew who's chucking the ball for the Buffalo Bills. Look, 
this Colts and Browns game was fun to watch because it was, I think, the highest scoring game in the week. It was ended up being 39-38 for the it was, Browns. It was interceptions. It was touchdown passes. It was it had everything. And what it certainly seemed to have seemed to. It seemed as though the uh, officials in that game were listeners of 43.6 and they wanted to do the parlay that we had suggested where the Browns would beat the Colts in that parlay. And they must have had a lot of money riding on that game because he calls against the Brown or excuse me, calls against the Colts at the end of that game was a lot of um, pass interference calls that were pretty sus. It was a crime. The pass interference call at the end of the near the end of the game, the ball ended up in the stands. I don't know how you can possibly call a ball catchable when the only person in the area was a fan who paid to be there. And then previous to that, there's the illegal contact downfield of like someone who got ran into and got called illegal contact. It's just, it was bad. Like if you're trying to fix a game, you need to do it more uh, conspicuously than that. Can we talk about how good Miles Garrett is though? Eh. Eh. I mean, the guy yeah. had, I mean, the guy nailed I mean, every defensive stat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it was pretty cool. He had like an interception, Not a fumble recovery. Like he did everything. The block field goal as well. Yeah, block field goal. Fucking guy. He's like, what do I get? What can I get on a defensive stat sheet? Okay, I'm going to do all of it. I'm going to do all of them. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't yet, you should look up uh, Pat McAfee's segment on this game. Because obviously McAfee is a, a, a Colts fan playing there for, I think, his entire uh, NFL career. But him breaking down the plays and pointing out like where everything went wrong was awesome stuff. So it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it yet. Commanders and Giants played a game that no one cares about, and there is a total of 21 points scored in that game. I think we can move on. Other than Darren Waller had a great game. Yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley got in the end zone, which I needed for a parlay. But I think that's about that for that game. Next. Next game. All right. Falcons and Bucks. Another game I think no one cares about. No one Next. gave a shit about the, it. I think the, the interesting thing about that game, I will say, is that the Falcons are hell-bent on just not using their best players. Yeah, Bijan got like zero. We found out later that Bijan was uh, ill. And ill. So not hurt. Like apparently he was just sick. Here's the thing. If we know Bijan's not well, can't you just tell the media? Can't you just say, hey, look, Bijan's limited today. That's it. You have to submit an injury report. You're obligated to submit an injury report. You also have Algier and Patterson who can definitely take that workload. And they did. Right. And they didn't do great, but still, they they, they did a serviceable, serviceable job. The point is, I know coaches don't give a fuck about fantasy football. I get that. Or they I really understand. do. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of referees uh, are very interested in their... Uh, maybe we'll just say their fantasy team. Let's not say they're betting on anything. Guys, like I'm playing but, against Bijan this week. I have to sit him. But the the NFL has to be aware of this, that people follow this sport. A lot of fans who follow this sport only follow the sport because of fantasy football or because of their parlays or whatever. Considering how much you market sports betting during the games, you guys know full well how important it is. 
I started Bijan. I had another league where I started Bijan as well. It's bullshit. Like, you guys know he's not going to play. And I know you guys don't give a fuck about fantasy football. You don't give a fuck about the sports betting world. But these are the communities that are watching your games. And These are the communities the <laughs> that are supporting your sponsors. Mm-hmm. That are making your league money. It's an important part of the overall okay. business of the league. So if you know the night before that Bijan Robinson is sick and he might not be able to play a full workload, I think it is your fiduciary duty <laughs> to let the fans know. What? Fiduciary? Yeah. What the fiduciary? It's, it's a word, yeah. Yeah. No, I know, but it's the pronunciation. You're going full Don Cherry here. Yeah. No. Well, no, I'm 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 I don't overstressing every syllable. Fiduciary, sure. I know. I'm it's I'm <laughs> I'm stressing every syllable. The po- <laughs> all I'm saying is, but the I you, is is a, is is a. Uh, can go ahead. You owe a responsibility to the people who watch this sport to let them know when a star player is not going to be used. Plenty of star players showed up for the Baltimore Ravens, though. <laughs> every star player showed up for the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews. I mean, Mark I didn't Andrews need him to win this week, but <laughs> was finding the end zone at will. Lamar Jackson was just carving right through this Detroit Lions defense. It didn't make sense if you had been watching the NFL the past six weeks. No. The Lions had been good. Yeah. They were 5-1 and one going into this game. They were arguably one of the best teams in the NFL all around. And just get spanked in Baltimore. Game ended 38-6. Then you score a single touchdown. James will tell you all about the wide receiver core of the Detroit Lions. Jameson Williams had zero looks that game. Um, the The Lions look lost without a running game. Without David yeah, Montgomery, without a, you know, I think Jameer Gibbs is fighting injury. I th- they they just look lost without, you know, the ability to spread the offense up the middle. Yeah, it's it seems like the thing the problem is is then you know they just got to air the ball out so you you know. And then it's, Cover but then it's double coverage on Amon Ra. It doesn't look like anyone's yep. giving a shit about Jamison. And then, you know, you can only give Sam Laporta tight end. So many looks. So tight ends day, by the way. It was national tight ends day. If you uh, weren't aware by every single broadcast telling you at least five times. Which is great for a guy like Travis Kelsey. There's a lot of things really great for Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll skip to that in a second because uh, after that was Steelers and Rams. Uh, I got nothing. Next. Uh, Steelers won. I mean, I was surprised at that, but sure. Uh, Seahawks over the Cardinals. Cardinals are now 1-6, 0-4 on the road. Oof. Uh, but that's expected. I don't think anyone expected uh, the Cardinals to be very good this season. Uh, Packers and Broncos. Packers are 2-4. and four. Yeah, that's... but I don't, I don't think there was an expectation for them to be great. I think this was a big transition year. And also, Christian Watson hasn't been healthy. You know who that also fucking division has... still belongs to the Lions. The Lions can fall through that division. I was going to say, you know who also has two wins in that division? Chicago Bears. So that's Could the... you imagine if the Bears win another game and they're like three they can and five? The backers. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They play the Chargers, which... We had the Chargers didn't look too great against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was... Another Taylor Swift bowl. Of course. And 
here here's the thing because this she has a selling with like Britney with Britney Mahomes now they have their own handshake. yeah and they do and that's part of the thing that I'm trying to bring up right now um it I was about to say it's getting to a point where it's weird but I think we're far beyond the getting to the point I think the point is well in the rear view mirror and it's it's weird okay um and I don't want to insult anyone but if you identify as a swifty you, you you need to you need to gear down you need to pump the brakes you need to they don't know how to do that you need to take a pause they don't go know for how a to walk do. they have one gear um yeah. just and i'm not saying all swifties are like that i think if you like dude, identify yourself gear, as a swifty you're probably five, right. dude it's gear five not even gear five i'm gonna say gear three because everyone knows you pass in gear three it's gear three swifty or bust for these guys it's like a go-kart it's got one speed just yeah. go yeah literally it's 200 miles an hour or nothing the You're amount of po- bracelets or no bracelets <laughs> the amount that this poor woman is followed and filmed and analyzed of every fucking thing she does by now an entirely different world too right like you also have to think about it was just her fans but now the right. entire nfl universe is following this woman yeah i don't get it and someone made a similar point earlier this week i don't know if you saw the grayson waller appearance on some sort of wrestling talk show that no one watches but he had made a joking comment about a six being a wrestling heel Saying that Travis Kelsey's hanging out with a six. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. And then I laughed and I went on with my life. But then the Swifty but, army unleashed. Oh, man. The army came for his fucking nuts. Like they were went all over X and just harassing this man. And what people don't realize, Taylor Swift used to sing country music. Yeah, and country maybe. music tends to uh, appeal to a very... Um, traditional, right-leaning, racist. Um, I'm not saying racist. I'm just saying a traditional, uh, you know, right-leaning type of blue-collar person who um, is typically religious and typically will say some off-brand shit. Not in my town. Not in any of my towns. You'll get a whole bunch of real angry shit being thrown at you by uh people who are of that description yeah so yeah he got a whole bunch of stuff people saying that he's a uh he's doing i don't even want to say it because it's so offensive but like oh you're a wrestler wearing like like nothing you're rolling around with men who also wear nothing and i was like oh boy like we're going here with this eh? it's almost like and who knows it's it's fucking twitter like it could be a a, an eight-year-old girl who's like super (laughs) upset about him calling uh Taylor Swift is six, right? But it, it just feels like the most, him. right? It feels like the most juvenile comeback of wrestling, where it's like, like you don't know what wrestling is. You have no fucking concept yeah. of this form of entertainment. It just goes over your head. It reminds me of that. Uh, I think it was Mauro Nella who said this, or maybe he got it from someone else. But like, professional wrestling is like, either you don't get it and no explanation will do, 
or you get it and no explanation is needed. Yeah. Right. So like there's there's those people who don't get it and there's nothing you can say to them okay. to like help them understand it. So anyways, um, I just think the whole Taylor Swift thing of how infatuated people are with her is fucking weird. Like it's it's weird. Like you can love her music. That's cool. You can be a fan of Taylor Swift. You can idolize her, want to be like her in terms of like a career aspiration. I get that. But if you're like stalking someone, that shit gets weird, bro. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I I, I don't want to like play this card, but I'm just saying if it was dudes reacting the same way, all of us would fucking be in handcuffs right now. I'm just saying. Everyone would be in jail. (laughs) We all be in fucking jail. We be labeled fucking pedophiles, or not pedophiles, uh, predators. What we be labeled as? Just saying. Anyways, um, the Vikings preyed on the 49ers depleted team in on Monday Night Football. I can't believe the Vikings won that game, but you know what? We're moving on. Niners are down. Down. We're moving down on to we're moving on to week eight. We have to make our picks. We have to make our parlays. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens over the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think that <laughs> is necessarily a surprise. We just talked about how bad the Cardinals are. They're one and six. The Ravens are five and two. The Ravens are favored by eight and a half right now. I know it's not a a sexy pick, but I'm going to keep this train rolling. I'm seven in a row and I'm looking for eight. James, what about you? Uh, the inside information tells me to take the Houston Texans over the Carolina Panthers, but look for Adam Thielen to score a touchdown. That man has the most Ooh, like fantasy like points, and he sits on my bench. I almost feel like also throwing in a Thielen touchdown into this parlay because I'm just clicking on all the buttons right now. Maybe I'll do that. But yeah, Maddie. Texans. I am going to take the New York Jets over the New York Giants because they're the better New York team and the Giants are shit garbage. (laughs) The Jets are favored by three in this one. The game is, of course, in Giants, but I mean, the same building. So that's uh, never really that big of a home field advantage. Uh, All those together, plus 250. If you throw five bucks on it, it'll net you $12.48. With the Adam Thielen touchdown? Uh, if I throw in an Adam Thielen touchdown, if I go to more wagers and you go to any time touchdown score, which I don't think is even available. No, no, that's uh, usually not till like Thursday yeah, morning. Because especially since he was on, he wasn't healthy this past week. So I couldn't tell you for sure, but that will definitely add some value. Yeah. So worth, uh, worth taking a look since we have been pretty consistent this season. Um, not official betting advice. We're not sponsored yet by FanDuel. Uh, please don't take our advice as official betting advice. Please do not bet if it is illegal in your state or country. And with that being said, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his incredibly long run in the World Wrestling Federation. Now, also on my way home today, um, Spotify was just playing random tracks, and one of them was Mercy Drive was the name of the band, and it's the the band that did uh, Maven's entrance music. But did you know that the actual like version they used for his run in WWF isn't available on Spotify? Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah. I thought it was very strange. So I guess one of the only places in the world that you get to hear Maven's entrance music is right here on this uh, very wonderful podcast. Loki saw Maven oh. on TikTok and he said that he didn't get along with Shawn Michaels because Shawn Michaels used to tell him to stop trying to be the rock. That's my Maven fact of the week. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who want to be the rock. So I get it. I did it for the rock. <laughs> I did it. did it for the people. For the people. <laughs> Oh, brother. Okay, uh, my shout out this week goes to, uh, we talked about him earlier, and I think it deserves an official shout out. (laughs) It's going to be. It is. uh, Oh, you think so? Uh, Insomniac Games is my shout out. (laughs) They made an incredible game. um, Very inclusive. And, you know, we talked a lot about inclusion today with the whole NHL situation. It's cool to create to see a game created like that where you can have homosexual characters and they're just characters. You can have deaf characters and they're just characters. You can have blind characters and they're just characters. So it's cool to see stuff like that in this medium that I think uh, has done a great job to push us forward into the right direction. Jim? Uh, I'm, you know, I think loosely we all have Travis Dermott is kind of a shout yeah. out. So I'm going to leave that one. I'm actually going to say shout out to, I'm going to actually shout out Taylor Swift, but I'm going to do it in a different way. There was an article that came out from Travis Kelsey's dad about what he noticed about Taylor Swift and what made it, um, made him feel really good about her as like a person. And that he said up in the, in the suite that they have, she was going to get like a drink at like the bar or something, or she went to go get something. And on her way there, she cleaned up all the trash that was around. And he was like, this woman clearly didn't get the diva memo because like people up in those suites just leave shit everywhere for the cleaning crew to take care of right and she did it all herself and he said that showed a lot of great character for someone in her position and it made him feel really good about taylor swift i guess dating his son so and i think that's really cool when someone can kind of like not put themselves in that fame thing where they're above something and she seems like that type of person so that reminds me of Years and years ago, I don't remember what show it was because he's the type of guy who's been around forever, but there was a show that Rhino was on and he would have been like the guy booked on the card. Like there's, you always have a, an independent wrestling card and there's like a, a name who's on the card. He was the name. And I remember at the end of the night, Rhino was cleaning up the locker room and picking up bottles of water and tape. And he, and he said, and then once he started doing it, everyone started doing it. Right. But like what he was saying to everybody was make sure you fucking do this every night. Because I've seen so many wrestling companies lose venues because of stupid shit like this. So, it yeah, it's cool when the person who is not expected to do those sort of things does it and like leads by example. Maddie, honestly, you guys both kind of took mine. What Insomniac and Taylor Swift? <laughs> yeah, I, well, not Taylor I'm Swift. Travis like if you tra- want. Travis Dermott was going to be it, and then uh, I was also like going to shout out insomniac so no you guys got mine we covered it all right well you know we'll throw in one extra because i didn't even think about think about to talk about it until right now and we don't have time to talk about it this week maybe we'll put a pin into that for next week but uh shout out to tna wrestling for making a comeback (laughs) and yeah that's a whole conversation james and i will have to have one day but uh anyways shout out to all of you though for listening to another episode of 43.6 which of course was brought to you by now your treasures we will see you next week maybe a discussion about tna definitely a discussion about the toronto raptors we'll talk about nfl week eight and 
the World Series will be well underway by the time next week's episode rolls around. All of that and a whole lot more. We'll see you next week. And until then, help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered.